Hi, I'm Shannon. And I'm Perry. And this is our podcast, P.S. We, we have, have orders. orders. Happy Turkey Day, Perry. Happy Thanksgiving, Shannon. How was your Thanksgiving? Um, I cooked. Uh-huh. Per usual. I okay. made my normal stuffed turkey with bacon wrapped around it like my mom showed me. Oh, bless your heart. Yeah. <laughs> I did that with all of the sides, everything, and mm-hmm. it's kind of funny because my husband opened it up to his shop and then also the class he's in right now. Oh, nice. And like a handful of people showed up. It wasn't a lot. Either way, I still made a 13-pound bird. Oh, my god! Disregard of who's showing who's up. Coming. So um, yeah. Um, needless to say, I will be eating turkey for a couple days. So what about you? Uh, I guess my Thanksgiving is a long story. Let's start at my birthday. Uh, I woke up and I found out that one of my uh, family friends that I've known since my birth, I believe, uh, died of COVID. Um, I'm sorry. Happy birthday to me. Yeah. With that knowledge, I decided to go home for the funeral because it was somebody that meant a lot to me and, and my family and um, my nieces and nephew. They were close to him and it was their first experience with death. And honestly, Ugh. more than me going to say goodbye, it was more to be a distraction, a fun thing, you know, something to do. Um, so with that being said, everybody get vaccinated because COVID kills perfectly healthy men. Guys, like stop joking around and just get vaccinated. Also because of COVID, uh, somebody that I saw there and spent some time with at the time did not know he was COVID positive, but he sure was. So when I got back home from being in Maine, got that text message that, hey, I'm so sorry. I did not know. Okay. It's, It's how it is. And with the health and the age of Will's grandparents, we decided to cancel our plans for Thanksgiving. And I pretty much quarantined. Up until week. you got a, yeah, until you got yes. your, uh, your results. Right. Which today is actually Thanksgiving. Um, and I did get my results back that I am COVID negative. So I will be reentering society tomorrow. Um, but it, uh, it kind of ruined my Thanksgiving plans. So. <laughs> We didn't really do anything, but my friends did end up bringing me leftovers, which was very nice. So, Which is good. Um, yeah. Also, currently, my grandmother, my dad, and his two sisters all have COVID. Um, are they so. symptomatic or are they just... Yes, they're all symptomatic. Ugh. It doesn't seem to be that bad for everyone except my grandmother, but she's wheelchair bound and has been for 20 years. So she has some other health problems as well. And she's 92. So... I'm really hoping I don't have to go home for another funeral. I can only imagine. Yeah. Just COVID is not over. I know it's we not. are over it, but it is not over. It is still killing people. It's it's one of those things like literally as of like this Friday, they recently started lifting everything up here to the point where you don't have to wear your mask in the PX or anything like that. If you're if you are vaccinated, you don't have to. And I already flat, I was like, I'm still going to wear mine. And I've been vaccinated for, for a while now. And I'm like, yeah. I'm still going to wear my mask at work. I'm still going to wear it out and about. Why? Because, you know, I don't know. I feel like I kind of became a little bit of a germaphobe after this. Oh, like, me too. I read thought people were nasty <laughs> to see begin with. I large crowds and I'm like, no. Like, okay, so I'm not the only yeah. one who gets like crowd phobic. Like, I, I think, think I, a lot of us are that way now. Well, it's really crazy because it's like I get overwhelmed. Like when I get overwhelmed, like, you know, this period, I shut down. 
Mm -hmm. or a panic attack kind of starts brewing Mm -hmm. and i found now it happens a lot easier now because i'm like oh god a crowd oh my god people not not mass oh my god people are coughing and sneezing and they're gross oh god i can't do this and i like i have to leave like i just can't do it Uh, speaking of shut down shut down you know what else gonna shut down oh (laughs) my oh oh i know what you're talking oh current favorite mlm because we're gonna talk about this but the mlm uh black oxygen organic or most commonly known as boo the magical dirt it's magical dirt i'm not kidding it's like a hundred dollars a bag of magical dirt that is ored mined dug up i don't know unearthed from a swamp right next to like a sewage treatment plant it's a landfill it's a landfill Oh, landfill. Sorry. A landfill up in Canada. Anyways, they got shut down because somebody like independently tested their dirt and uh, it has a lot of unsafe levels of different things. Not shocking. Considering that they already were dealing with a lot of issues where I think their treat, their shipment, I believe, to the United States was already like being held up at customs for like a while. So I wasn't shocked when I heard that it got shut down because you sent it to me. I did. I was so and then excited. I saw it on some of the pages were on saying, look what happened. And like, I'm sorry, I'm not shocked. This is what happens when you try to sell people magical dirt or trying to sell people magical beans. We've all heard these stories yeah. and fables of trying to sell people these mystical items. I know. In all reality, really, they're nothing. For anyone that doesn't know about it, it got really popular in 2021. And people will eat dirt. They will bathe their feet in dirt. They put dirt we'll on their, their children's bodies. tongues. And people see parasites come out in their poop, and then they share the, the poop on the boo pages. I wish I was making this up. I am not. And everyone's like, oh my gosh, it's working. My body is detoxing. You're like, ma'am, if you didn't have parasites in your poop before you ate the magical dirt, I'm telling you, they're in the magical dirt. Well, so. the thing that kind of bothers me the most is that MLMs love to target people that... I hate to say, buy into these things more frequently. Like, I'm sorry. For answers. Yeah, because like, I hate to say, it's like, if you have a whole lot of medical issues, you're going to start looking in different corners of the world that you weren't necessarily looking before. And I understand people are trying to find fixes and cures to things that they can't seem to get a answer from their doctor or their, you know, primary doctors or whatever. But I'm sorry, if someone came up to me and said, hey, all your ailments can be fixed by soaking your feet in this magical dirt from Canada... For a hundred dollars, I'm gonna be like, nah, man, I'm 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 okay. Like, I probably yeah. still pass on it. Like, yeah. all I gotta say is, everyone, um, hang tight. Um, January fifth will be season three premiere, and we're gonna dive deeper in a little bit into Boo, but we think a lot more of stuff for Boo's gonna probably appear a lot more over time. Right, because it just shut down, and there's just uh, lawsuits kind of like coming Pending. together. So there's not yeah. a lot of information. Kind of like when Lulu Row was really big, and then mm-hmm. they got sued, and then now we have all these documentaries coming out. Like I'm kind of yeah. we want to wait for those documentaries to come out to make our oh, yeah. research a lot easier because we're not mm-hmm. investigative journalists by any nope. means. Nope, nope neither nope, one of us nope. have our degrees in that. Nope. For a reason. <laughs> but uh, we will be talking on oils because they are my favorite topic. Oh. They are my absolute favorite topic. So I guess other fun housekeeping we have is um, something that Perry sent over to me, which I thought was really interesting that we could definitely draw parallels from when we were overseas in Germany, mm-hmm. was, what was it, Hawaii's having issues with, the, with, with military families abandoning their animals? 
We're all surprised. The article that you sent me was stating that there is a particular rescue is looking to no longer adopt out to military families due to the amount of animals that are being left behind due to PCSing. So for our non-military community, Hawaii is considered an overseas base. Yes, it is technically a stateside state, but it is considered a overseas base. Same thing with Alaska. So the cost for shipping an animal in and out of the state is a little pricey. And like we've talked on other episodes before, shipping animals is not cheap. I already have a, you know, a cat's college fund for my cats to get Basically, them out of here. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it's like, I think it's probably one of my biggest pet peeves and it drives me insane because people abandon animals all the time and then they try to act like it was this good moral decision. Right. Oh, I just don't want to put that our my pet through that stress. No, what's stressful is their family abandoning them, them not knowing why, never getting answers, and having separation anxiety for the rest of their lives. That's or, stressful. Uh, what's not stressful is budgeting appropriately to take them home or making a responsible decision to maybe not get another pet. The article that I was looking at, it is a rescue that they've seen just like such an increase of animals coming over. And I think part of it to blame is covid and how expensive it became you know for people that otherwise would have taken them okay well they don't have three thousand they had two hundred dollars but they don't have three thousand dollars so now they're leaving their animals they were saying that families were actually leaving animals in cages on dumpster sites and just leaving them and so they the one thing they said was if you are going to ban the animal please just surrender it to our front door you know do the right thing do the moral thing and they're looking into not adopting out to military families because we have a reputation of doing this. And I think we all need to do better. Um, and speaking of animals, I have no new foster kittens right now. It's the longest I haven't had foster kittens since like May. Um, just the reason being is my in-laws came to visit and they both have hunting dogs, which view kittens as prey. So for the safety of everybody, I chose not to. And then... Um, I went home and now it's the holiday, so I should be getting more foster kittens in soon, although kitten season is winding down, so maybe it'll be a cat. Not really sure, but who knows? Um, when we get new kittens in, I'll be sure to post them. But for right now, oh, I cannot it's wait. been pretty quiet. So. Oddly quiet, probably. So, Perry. Yes. Since it is uh, turkey day for you. Turkey day. And I feel like we're in a hungover turkey day over here in my house. Um, <laughs> yes. What is your favorite side dish for, by the way, sorry, NMR of the week, my apologies. <laughs> yes. Is what's your favorite side dish you bring to Thanksgiving? So my my go-to dish is dessert because everyone loves that and I'm a better baker than I am a cook. And I, call, I, bring... I call Total Ball. You're a phenomenal cook. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're a good cook. Sweet. I've eaten your um, cooking. Thank you. Uh, but I bring pumpkin whoopie pies. Uh, essentially, imagine like the puree pumpkin that goes into a pumpkin pie, but you make it kind of into like a muffin top and then you squish it. Uh, you like two and you make a little Oreo kind of situation out of it with um, just like cream cheese. Uh, I think you did like a cream cheese frosting normally in it. No, it's a what's the other word? What's the butter. Mm hmm. Butter frosting. Butter cream frosting. Yes. So I do that in the middle, and then I usually wrap them all up uh, individually so people can kind of take them to go. And they are kryptonite. I have made many mm-hmm. friends, and I have made many enemies because they did not get a pumpkin whoopie pie. 
Yes. So they are my go-to thing to. Try. Oh, I I know I used to get very offended if I didn't if I didn't get one. I'd get oh yeah, I'd have offended. to like mass text people be like, "Hey, pumpkin whoopie pies, they're here," and then I'd have like a second tray of them that are like hidden for like the people I know are coming later. Big deals. But oh, what can... about you, Shannon? What is your okay. favorite side dish? So hands down, I love stuffing. I don't know if it's like the fact that it's just like bready flavorful you know because like you can really kind of dress up stuffing you can dress down stuffing you could be lazy oh, yeah. and just do the stovetop stuff you can make it from scratch also for the people in the south she's referring to dressing what 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 do you wait did you not know this i heard of it and i don't want to believe it it hurts no my no, no it's true pretty much anything north or south of like virginia it's just stu- it's just dressing why you don't I think because you're it. supposed to dress the turkey with it instead of no, stuff you it. Stuff it. You stuff the turkey. You don't dress the turkey. If you're dressing, I like I guess, I guess if we really want to get into the technicality, dressing. exactly. If we have anyone who's from the south or who actually does call it dressing, I need to know. Please DM us or comment on our post because I'm I am sincerely bothered by this statement. Okay, but like, what does JP from Mister Reticle call it with his Pennsylvania accent? Do you think he calls it dressing? Or do you think he calls it stuffing? Dressing. JP, Hands let down. us know. I definitely think it's dressing. My money's on dressing. <laughs> I think so too. <laughs> oh, oh my God. goodness! I I've had some friends make the stuffing for me because they make it from scratch, like full blown, like do the mm-hmm. bread cutting and all that. I don't do that. I'm far too lazy for that. And she did it with with sausage and cranberries. Oh. Oh. And I can tell you right now, I bowed down to her when she was like, oh, yeah, if you're going to do the turkey, I'll do the stuffing. And I'm like, are you sure? Like, I could just do the box. And she's like, oh, no, no, no. no My no, family no, no, will no. be upset if it's the box. Like, we make the stuffing. Like, and she's like, I make it like this. I'm like, you know what? I ain't going to stop you. If you're going to make it for me, that means a one less thing I got to make. And it was phenomenal. And oh my goodness. I feel like I could talk all day about Thanksgiving and all the delicious food that's associated we, with it. Why are we even talking about a topic today? Why didn't we just talk about Thanksgiving for 45 minutes? Because we make choices that we live with. Well, I feel like the topic does actually it does, kind of it belong does tie to this. Yeah. So Perry, what is the topic? Because yes. you picked it. This is, yes, this is a Perry-centric week. So the topic I've chosen is community, not the TV Not the show. show not the show. college, although I do enjoy that. <laughs> no, the community I'm talking about is the military spouse community because over the last 11 months, we have said military spouse community like 5,000 times maybe. Probably. But I wanted to kind of talk about like what does that even mean because i think you know i want to do this episode because i think the understanding of what a community is and how it affects us is important so i'm gonna like start it like super simple i once saw a ted talk about this and it like i wanted to find it again and link it as a source but i couldn't so we're just gonna break it out of the base okay Okay. so shannon i'm here for it ready shannon if you're in japan and somebody asks hey where are you from what do you say the states yeah if you're in the u.s and somebody asks where are you from? Where do you say? East Coast. Okay. If somebody on the East Coast asks you, where are you from? What do you say? New England. When you're in New England and somebody asks, hey, where are you from? What do you say? Connecticut. If you're in Connecticut and somebody asks, where are you from? What do you say? Say the hometown. Okay. And if you're in your hometown and someone says, hey, where do you live? Where are you from? What do you say? Probably say what side of the river I'm from. Yeah. The side or of the like river. The street. Or the street name. Mm-hmm. You know, across the road yeah. from... Jim Bob, blah, blah, whatever. blah, yeah. 
So for every answer Shannon gave, that is one level of community. So if you're talking inside of her hometown, her community is going to be broken up, you know, just location-wise by her street. You know, this is her street, and then over there is somebody else's street. And their street decorates for Christmas, and their street doesn't decorate for Christmas. That's your community, mine versus yours. And then you're going to go up. A hometown, her hometown in Connecticut is very different than somebody else's hometown in Connecticut. Those are two different communities. And then, okay, Connecticut. It's part of New England, but it's very mm-hmm. different. I mean, if you ask a Mainer and a Massachusettser or a Masshole, as they're called, oh, you're both from <laughs> New England. You must be the same kind of people. We are not. We no. are not the same kind of people. But when Shannon and I met so far away in Germany... All of a sudden, the fact she was from Connecticut, which is very different than Maine, we were able to see ourselves as community. You and I are the Mm -hmm. same. We were able to recognize and see that we are similar because we are from a similar place. And at the very base level, that gives us one thing in common. And that is what creates our community. Does that make sense? It does make sense because, I mean, the military community itself, which I know we're using that phrase again. Yep. (laughs) One of the biggest things to keep in mind is, like, the military community is built up of so many people from all different walks of life. Absolutely. You will have people, like, from, like, the deep, deep south. You'll have people from Florida. You'll have people from California. You'll have people from from New York. Or you'll have people from New England. You'll have people from Pennsylvania, Ohio. Like, you even said, like, community is broken down by different, different, I guess, smaller and smaller groupings. Right. And the wider you go, the more broad the sense of community is. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, my friend group here, we're literally a perfect dynamic for asking a question about the U.S. because we literally cover Nevada to Maine and then from like Indiana to Alabama and everything in between. We literally are a focus group. Um, So, okay, logistically, as far as the map goes, we don't have a community. So that's another level of community we have. We're all military affiliated. So regardless Mm -hmm. of all the other people around us in the Midwest, we are military affiliated. So we have a community there. On top of that, all but one of us doesn't have kids. So that's another community that we fall into. So that is like these little Venn diagrams of communities. And when you find somebody that fits into more than one of those little Venn diagrams of community, that's where you find your people. Yeah. That's where you find your friends. Also, the military itself is based on the idea of community and camaraderie mm-hmm. and brotherhood yeah. and blah blah blah. It could be broken down by, you know, your branch, your squadron, your shop, etc. And it's the same thing with military spouses. You know, we tend to build community based off of a variety of things. It could be like Shannon Age. and I yeah, age. No kids. We have age in common, no kids, hometowns. Or maybe it could be something like, you know, your kids attend the same school, your mm-hmm. kids go to the same daycare. Maybe it's, you know, you're all the working military spouses, you're all the stay-at-home military spouses, or you have a knitting group or a hiking group or a runners. Yeah. So those are tiny communities. But overall, regardless of anything else, we're all military spouses. So that's that one thing that always binds us together, where if we're in a situation where it's us versus them. We're going to have your back. Even if, you know, Shannon and I were 
30 and childless if we see somebody who's 20 and they got two kids almost and, 30 you know, we're gonna put okay. that down right rounding now. up almost okay 30. let's not round up for okay. age because that's a really that's a tough territory so late 20s let's go with 20s. that you can call me 30 in september okay right. but if we see somebody that's completely different nationality from a different state has kids has been divorced six times whatever but if we see them at out in the world and we see them as a military spouse like we're gonna take care of them because they are somehow yeah. still part of our community and that is like the basis of community right but it also can be a bad thing would you agree yeah oh hands down like the that's one thing like i have to say like the military community is definitely a double-edged sword because you have you kind of have like your really good parts of the military community like mm-hmm. especially like i know if i go on the military spouse page and post like hey, this happened and I need someone to like, like I see it all the time. Like, hey, um, I forgot this at the commissary. Is there anyone that can swing out and grab it if they're at the, at the commissary? I'll Venmo you five bucks for yeah. a gallon of milk because I have three kids and they're finally asleep for their nap and there's no way I'm getting them back in the right. van. Yeah. There's been a handful of times, like my friends, I'll message them. There is a really awesome produce stand here. Mm-hmm. And I'll message like my handful of friends be like, hey, I'm hand- I'm heading to the blah, blah, blah stand do you want me to pick you up X, Y, and Z? Or did you already go this week? To yeah. save them the trip. Because why? Because we're a community and we look out for each other. It's just kind of how it is. But you also have the other side of it where, I hate to say this, probably <laughs> going to be taken out later. Um, It can be toxic. There can definitely be some extremely toxic behavior, which at times make me just want to weep. Like ugly cry in my car. By myself, listening to some emo music. <laughs> like, really bring that home. Because, like, it's really rough because there's sometimes, like, people can just be so frustrating. There's this weird entitlement issue with military. There is. For and sure. it makes me mad because we've all started, in, I can't say we as in, like, me and Perry, but, like, all the active duty members, for the most part, all started at the same place. Basic right. training. Right. But yet, this it turns into this, like, well, my husband's this rank. Mm-hmm. I hate to say this. You're not your husband's rank. No. You are just, you are the spouse. Right. You don't you're wear the rank. You're a civilian. And if your husband's yeah. rank is the most exciting thing about you, it sounds like you don't have a personality. That's also where you kind of see a divide within our community of officer and enlisted. Right. That's very common. Yes. We have some friends that are officers and like, they flat out are like, they'll get kicked out of the E-Club after 10 o'clock on a weekend because they can't be there after a certain time because mm-hmm. the enlisted. Yeah. And it's sad because like even the officer wife can't stay after 10 because they'll ID I hate her. that. I do. And like, she's super fun. Like, I yeah. kind of wish when you were here, you met her because you would have loved her. Yeah, I'm some, sure. Some fun, crazy lady from the South. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, as military spouses, I mean, we are like a group of transients and we become really good at building community at very high base level you know kind of like you and this officer wife like okay on a very tiny level you guys don't work but on a big base level you guys are friends you are like she's yeah we're friendly yeah the problem is is in the military does kind of encourage this as far as you know officer versus enlisted goes but or even shop versus shop like and like if you're maintenance versus calm or yeah 
whatever, like cops versus whatever. Like it always, like that's where you can kind of see the breakdowns too is what they do. Right. Cause we kind of like can close our ranks to anybody that we consider mm-hmm. like an outsider or somebody outside of our community, you know, and military spouses, they do get a bad reputation for being, you know, clicky because a click is a form of community. It's just yeah. a bad form because you're no longer letting people in, which is more like culty. Cults are cl- are, are communities as well. <laughs> well, it's it's kind of really frustrating because like I've seen it where it gets very clicky in certain things, and it's yes. it's one of those things that if you're not part of the click, you feel super so out isolated. of it. Yeah, yeah, and it really it can be really damaging, especially if you're overseas. At our last base, I felt like I was super involved. I had friends at all corners of the base. I knew everyone here because I'm not really involved with my squadron as much. I'm kind of like the person from the shadows who bakes and cooks food on occasion Uh and like has my husband run it in because I'm normally stuck at work. Right. And I'm like in the distance just like waving my hand like, hi, hi guys, Mm -hmm. you know? So like I'm not really that involved with my squadron here. Right. So I'm not really familiar. If I were to run into a spouse from our squadron, I wouldn't know who they were unless I actually knew them, knew them. Well, that's kind of what I want to talk about. Building a community, it can be bad and it can be hurtful because we build communities as we go, because we make these clicks almost, and then we have to leave. So we're constantly building up people around us and then being ripped from it again and again and again. And this could be every two, every four years, every six months, mm-hmm. whatever that is. And, like, that's got to take, like, a hit on our mental state. Honestly, like, I know I've kind of hitting that point because, like, December marks 10 months for us here. Ooh. And I won't lie, I've hit that point. I'm really not interested in making new friends at this point. Right. And I know that sounds really clicky. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're not going to be mean to people, but you're not going to go out of your way, ma'am. Don't be mean to people. <laughs> Well, you're not gonna go uh-huh. And I did that too when we were leaving our our base in Germany. I had, you know, I had like adopted all of the night shift cops because of my job. That's the ones I saw. Yeah. And at the six month mark out, I was like, okay, any new cops, you're not my babies. I can't handle you. I have too many children and I'm going through a lot mentally right now. So you are out I, of yeah. the will. <laughs> we recently had a lot of turnover at work and I won't lie. I've kind of hit the point where I'm just like, nah. Mm-hmm. They're like, yep another one (laughs) but like that is your role right now but when we jump from community to community like you don't necessarily ever play the same role at your next base so like you were saying at you know your the last base where you felt really um part of you know the base activities and the squadron stuff and you went to all the parties and da 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 and you were the vice president of the spouses group and so now you're not now you're so far removed and like the kind of the same thing with me like i worked on base and i knew all the active duty members and i knew all the spouses by names and now i'm here and i know like four of them and i've been on base three times in the last 15 months so you're gonna have like a different role so it's like when you transition to a new base you not only have to build a new community for yourself but you might have to accept that your role inside of that community has changed and that can be really hard to accept sometimes it's really hard because i find like i felt like i had more culture shock moving from connecticut which reminds you i did not have a very transient life prior to marrying my husband i Mm -hmm. grew up in the same hometown Mm -hmm. literally like some of my friends i've known i have known since kindergarten Ew, I know. Mm-hmm. Literally okay. one of the guys that I know from kindergarten, I literally, I joke with them all the time. I'm like, you're like that brother I never wanted. 
And he always yeah. laughs at me. He's like, thanks, man. And I'm like, yeah, I'm here for you, buddy. Yeah, yeah, But, like, literally my hometown is all I knew. And my state is all I knew. Mm-hmm. And when I moved to Ohio, I felt so out of place. I was so confused. I was lost. I was getting depressive at one point because I felt so out of place. I went from, like, going, like, oh, God, I'm going to Walmart. I'm going to run to, like, five people I know to, like, running into Walmart and not knowing where anything is and not running into anybody I knew, which was really weird. Right. Funny and thing happened to me on my birthday. Hmm. I went to Starbucks because oh. I, you know, had a free coffee because it was my birthday. Oh, yeah. And I figured I, they had free things in the States for your birthday. Yeah, right. And I was running out back to my car and somebody in the line of cars started beeping. Like, a, like beep, 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 beep. And I'm like, what is this person's problem? Like, no <laughs> one's moving. You're in a drive through like, And I look. It's like the one person I know from that town. The one nice. person. And I'm like. One person. I forgot what this feels like. Because, like, back yeah. home, you always see people you know. And you, then you come Every here time and, you go to Walmart, it doesn't yeah. matter what hour you go. It's you always, always your ex-boyfriend and you always look like trash. <laughs> see. I hope I never run into mine, but oh. that's a whole other day for a whole oh, other conversation. Oh, man, that could be a really good topic one day. But anyways. The funny thing is, like I said, like, I went from knowing everyone to knowing nobody. Mm-hmm. And even when I started working, I didn't know anyone who, when I got hired there, I knew nobody. And I was targeted because I was not only from, not from Ohio, mm-hmm. but I was a military spouse. Right. And they knew for a fact the reason why I was in Ohio was because of my husband. Right. So you don't fit in their community. No. You are other. It is us versus them and you were yes. them. Yeah. Yes. And I was I was enemy number one mm-hmm. until the other new girl got hired. Yeah. And then all of a sudden. They were, they were clicky because they were clicky. Right. Exactly. Right. And it was so clicky because a lot of them were there for years and they were just like, another new one. Exactly what I just said. Exactly like what you're minutes ago. right now. It's funny how that and happens. And, like, I feel like I had to overperform, not for their approval, but for the sake of me not being set on fire. I mean, not that this really super goes on topic of today, but the miscommunication, wow. The miscommunication Cake. that can come when you're in a different culture, in a different community. When we were stationed oh down goodness, south, yes. people did not understand me because I spoke too quickly. And yep. there was just for words, like we were talking about dressing and stuffing. Yep. And you can come across, especially from New England, you come across as very rude for other people. Yes. I think that part of the responsibility that we take as military spouses is to not judge one another immediately, to we recognize to. and to appreciate differences. Because one thing, I have like a new hobby, other than hating on MLMs, my new hobby is other people's dialects. Like, I love listening to other people's dialects, kind of hearing, like, the different sounds. Where I am now, their accent is like if Boston could pronounce ours. Don't know why, but (laughs) that's that's their accent. That's an interesting way to put things. Yeah, they don't have O's. It's not mom, it's ma'am. It's not hospital, it's hospital. Don't know why, but they have their R's, (laughs) so it's very different than New England. So it's one of those things, like, it's weird. It's different. I know I don't sound like them, but I appreciating it, and I like have a little. I don't know. We could have like a little dictionary building of all our differences. So I don't. It's just kind of on us. It's, to 
don't yeah it's definitely interesting like that's Mm -hmm. one thing i always find very interesting it's kind of like the upside of being a military is that you constantly are moving you're constantly seeing new things you're constantly Mm -hmm. dealing with new experiences if you like them or not i mean like in germany for a great example like that was a completely different dialect oh yeah like and it's different because the english that they're taught in school is proper english like right and then when they meet people from the South, they'll, they'll kind of be like, wait, what, what did they just say? Well, and then from? we learned that the German that everyone was speaking locally was like the hick version of German. Mm-hmm. And when we would go to like Bavaria, which was on the other side, it sounded yeah. completely different. I could not yep. understand anything yep. they were saying. So I think that. Is which is yet again, different, different areas, different dialects. So it's very interesting because you wouldn't think about that in other countries. Sorry, Moving we're not talking no, about travel today. No, it's fine. Um, next thing I want to touch on is I wanted to see, like, what kind of, like, long-term psychological effects we get from moving around so much. Um, and so according to a 2018 article on themilitary.com regarding PCSs and changing of duty stations, among service members, it ranked as the second highest stressor behind deployments and ahead of financial issues. It ranked third behind those two items among military spouses. So meaning it would go uh, deployments, financial issues, and then PCSing. Mm-hmm. That being said... Other than the temporary stressors of moving, it doesn't seem to have any, like, direct long-term changes on us as military Makes sense. However, assuming you have a child, that is not necessarily the case. So then I went digging deeper. Shit, I'm sure you'll find this interesting because of who you are as a person. So there's a lot of articles about military spouses. Love articles. About military children moving. And seeing as we have quite a few military spouses that used to be, you know, military brats or like Mm -hmm. have kids, I thought it is still topical. We should bring it up. Children with active duty parents on average move every two to four years. And it certainly does make building tiny child communities very difficult, especially because you're still learning how to build a community as a child. Um, So learn to communicate. Right. Exactly. Have you ever noticed that military brats don't really have an accent, though? No, because they, they're everywhere. They're everywhere. Okay, so I read like four different articles and they all said the same thing. They all agreed, which is nice. Moving around, building new communities, it does inhibit a child's ability to create, let's call it meaningful relationships. Um, mm-hmm. But it does affect different kinds of children very differently. Um, from an article in the American Psychological Association from 2012, among introverts, the more moves participants reported as children, the worse off they were as adults. This was makes a sense. direct contrast to the findings among extroverts. So moving a lot makes it difficult for people to maintain long-term close relationships. This might not be a serious problem for an outgoing person who can make friends quickly and easily, but less outgoing people have a harder time making new friends. So basically, if you have a shy kid or just an introverted child it's likely going to carry into a long-term problem. Which makes sense. Absolutely. Uh, There's a 2010 article in Psychology Today that says that frequent moves are tough on kids and disrupt important friendships. These effects are most problematic for children who are introverted and those whose personalities tend towards anxiety and inflexibility. So if you're autistic too or fall on that spectrum anywhere. Well, you have to also keep in mind, I'm just going to say tidbit on autism stuff. You have to remember a lot of them thrive off of a structure. Right. 
So good luck moving a child who thrives on structure halfway across the world. Where there's multiple time changes and food changes and like, I'm just saying as someone who has a sibling who is autistic, who's very, very, uh, I don't even know proper terms are because some people say they don't like to hear people say on the spectrum or not. But either way, my my brother, I can speak because he is my brother, Mm -hmm. his extent of autism is very severe Mm -hmm. to the point where any change, any change whatsoever can bug him out really bad. Like even just moving furniture around can upset him. So imagine if you have a child who is even even a fraction of that and is young enough that they can't comprehend it. Mm-hmm. Good luck. Yeah. I wish you nothing but the best. <laughs> right. Yeah, for sure. And I mean this study from Psychology Today says that, you know, specifically adults that move frequently as kids have fewer high quality relationships and tend to score lower on well being and life satisfaction quizzes. So Makes sense. yeah, I mean, it's something that definitely can, if you never learn to have, if you never have a community and you, you can't, and you're very inflexible and you don't like change, that is something that can definitely follow you Hinder. throughout your whole life. Yeah. Um, it's, which makes sense. it can also cause something, which is very interesting. I just learned about called the Goldilocks complex. There's a 2010 article in the New York times, uh, that talks about kids. They say if they moved a lot as children, they may be experiencing what Freudian analysts, which I understand there's a lot of questions about Freudian being legit, but we're going to move past that. That's a different topic. Um, it's for called way different day. repetition compulsion. And it's just kind of like always looking for the next right place. So meaning that they may mm. have a hard time staying still when they do become adults because they move Makes around sense. so often. They'll want to continue to move around so often um, because they can't really find like happiness anywhere. Because I heard, I've heard that before, but it's been a long time since I've heard that term mm-hmm. in a while, the Goldilocks complex. Mm-hmm. If you think about it from like a psychological standpoint, that makes sense. Because if you are a child parent, let's say your parents had you pretty young into their marriage mm-hmm. and they're doing a 20 year stint. Mm-hmm. And you move every so two to say, four years. Yes. That's and imagine that over 10 times. Yeah. So imagine that over the whole lifespan of your, of your young, your young life all the way till you're almost adult Mm -hmm. to be moving every couple of years. If you're lucky, stay somewhere for six. Oh yeah. Imagine when you become an adult, when you're used to moving every couple of years, you're not really used to like kind of homesteading or finding somewhere your own place. It makes sense that you want to constantly keep on moving because you're not used to the consistentness of one location. It probably gets stagnant and boring. Mm -hmm. And like, I won't lie. I wouldn't be surprised if I end up going down more of that type of lifestyle because, like, the idea of moving every couple of years, I find interesting. But the idea of staying somewhere for the rest of my life, I find rather boring now because yeah. I've been moving every couple of years now. Yeah. There was one last thing I wanted to touch on. I found it interesting. It doesn't really pertain to the community theme, so I just wanted to, like, leave it in our resources. But That's okay. I forgive I you. I find a paper on rand.com. I'm not really sure what it is, but it sounded cool. Oh, sorry, RAND.org. It's an organization. It's legit. Um, so they did a study on how PCSing actually affects military spouses' earning potential. And it's really interesting to see, like, the correlation between, like, all the moves and, like, how much money they could be losing and stuff. So yes. not super 100%. specific, but I just thought it was interesting and I would. I just, I don't know. I think it's just one of those things where it's, like, I've had a different experience at every single one. My very first base, I had friends that were non-military mostly. Yep. My second, and also, someone did bring this up to me. We were actually at, over Thanksgiving. So we're going to tie this back into our very first, first topic of Thanksgiving. Because okay. this is community-based. Absolutely. Because the couple that we had over, 
was someone that uh, my husband works with. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because one of the comments that they made was, when do you shift from like being a baby airman where everyone feeds you to a shift where you have to start feeding everybody else? And I was like, that's a really good question. Yeah. Well, I said, I said to them, like, well, first off, you hit a point where you want to start hosting normally. Mm-hmm. Like, when does that shift start to take place? And I said, I'm like, the shift kind of naturally happens on its own. At our first base, we were taken care of because we were fresh to the military. We mm-hmm. were still figuring out our lives. Second base, we hung out with everyone who was in the same position we right. were in. So we all just took care of each other. And I'm like, and here it's kind of different because, like, my husband actually has airmen now. It's not, he's one of the airmen anymore. Yeah. You know, we opened our house to all of them and only a few of them came and that's okay. And I just told them, like, just tell them I cook for an army and I don't know how to cook for two. So if they show right. up, they show up. If they don't, they don't. I just want to make sure that, you know, they have the option and that's all you yeah. can do. Just make sure, like, if they want to have a Thanksgiving meal, that there's somebody that cares enough to put together. Exactly. I, I feel like for me, it was my... It was Germany. I feel like we had a lot of parties and, you know, oh my meals at, at our place. So. Yeah. We cooked. Me, we, we cooked a lot together. Yeah. We, we hosted a lot of things together. <laughs> and I miss that. It's, so speaking of hosting things, just like, re- I should have put this in the beginning, but I it. didn't. My birthday, we did the charcuterie board spread because that's what I wanted for my birthday was a bunch of you cheese. You bougie girl. It was so bougie. It was so beautiful. I had like four friends help me get everything set up. It was amazing. And then one of my friends here, he asked me yesterday, he goes, um, can I host my wife's birthday party at your house? I'm like, yeah, that's fine. (laughs) So, but they also live like in an apartment and I live in a house. Makes sense. It's just like a space thing, but I'm glad that my house is once again the place to have parties. I feel like I've solidified. But so I guess our our episode's coming to a close because now we're just kind of going a little random tangent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, Perry. Yes. I do have a question for you. Yes. What are you thankful for? Because it is Thanksgiving. Oh boy. Uh, we have to have, we have to pull some positive. I'm thankful for Murphy. <laughs> he just brings a lot of joy to my life, and he's been extra snuggly all day today. I think he has gas because I fed him some human food. <laughs> But he's just been really <laughs> snuggly, and I love him. So, what about you? Hmm. All right. Well, um, probably say I'm thankful for almost. I will be done with my degree very soon. <gasps> like weeks. So I'm, like weeks. Yeah, like weeks away. Oh God, that's gonna be so, so good. I'm thankful that I'm finishing my bachelor's, and I've already found a master's program I'm looking at, which I just have to apply for officially and be done with that and start that. Mm-hmm. Um, I am thankful for my husband because for the most part, he's very helpful, even when it comes to stuff like this. Like he knows when I'm in the zone to cook, he knows just, just get out of the way. Yeah. Like he just yeah. lets me do my thing and he knows if I need him, I'll just yell for him. Right, right. <laughs> um, I guess I'm going to top it off saying I'm thankful for my psychotic cats. Yeah. They're great. They keep things interesting. Yeah. You know what I'm also thankful for? I just, I like, bleh, this just, I realize this. I think, well, that season two is coming to a close. We had a really good season two, and this is the 12th and last episode of season two. It is. I went by so fast. And I feel like it, like, I mean, audio-wise, this season sounds way better than the first season. And I guess I'm just thankful for you and all of our, your patience and going through these growing pains with you and... 
getting better at these things with you. I mean, so. considering that neither one of us know what we're doing. Yeah, yeah. I think season three is going to be even better because uh, yes. we have better Which I'm, stuff now. I'm excited. I am nervous, though, because this time next year we should be in our new place. That's crazy. I know. Isn't that a crazy thought? Crazy. I feel like we should close it on that thought. Well, I so, mean, let's um, close it on really quick. Oh? Uh, oh. This episode today is December 1st. December 1st will be the last day of season two. Then we will be giving you a, I want to spoil it, there will be a bonus episode coming on the 15th. So that will be coming in our regularly scheduled program. All right. And then we will be taking a short recess and season three. For Christmas, New Year's. For Christmas, New Year's. And season three will begin on Wednesday, January 5th. If you don't hear from us for a while, don't get scared. We're coming back. We're just enjoying the holidays. Shannon's probably just giving her brain a breather because she's been studying nonstop for the last four years. So I'll probably be playing lots and lots of video games because some of the video games I've been waiting for for years to come out has Dying Light should be out if not coming out very soon. So I'll probably be playing a lot of video games where I don't want to have any social interactions with anyone who's not part of the video game. Perfect. Perfect. (laughs) So to recap, today is the first. You have your last episode. You'll hear from us on the 15th with our very special Christmas episode. And then we will resume with season three on the 5th of January. And we're excited for it. Absolutely. I'm already going to start my research. All right. Well, then, talk to you in two weeks. See you soon, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to P.S. We Have Orders podcast. If you ever want to reach out to us, you most definitely can. You can find us over at Instagram at P.S. We Have Orders podcast. Also, we have a Gmail that is P.S. We Have Orders podcast at gmail.com. If you ever want to leave us a review, feedback, or even any ideas for future episodes, please let us know. If you're listening to us on an app that allows you to leave us a review, please do. It helps us out a lot. Thank you for listening again. Bye. Sorry. Okay. That looks good.